Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. Kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners. Hello there, welcome to episode 127 of the Membership Guys podcast with me, your host for the show, Mike Morrison. This is the place to be for proven practical tips and advice for membership site owners. Today, we're talking about the most common objections that you'll find people often have when it comes to joining your membership, and more importantly, how you can overcome them. Now, there may be all sorts of random reasons somebody may decide not to join your membership, but from our experience of working with countless memberships and helping hundreds and thousands of people in our community, we often see the same five objections coming up over and over again. So I want to help you in this episode to preempt and overcome those objections in the aim of helping you to get more members. So let's start with one of the most obvious and one of the most common ones. Your membership is too expensive. You know, there's a well-known quote from Oscar Wilde about people knowing the price of everything and the value of nothing. And that can quite often be the case when somebody is weighing up whether or not to join your membership. They're looking at the cost. They're not thinking about the actual value. It's down to you to demonstrate that value, both in terms of what's in the box, in terms of what members actually get, what content they get access to, what savings they may get from perks and discounts. But more importantly, what results you're going to help deliver, what transformation you're going to help them to go through. That sort of stuff is priceless. And if you can switch the thought process for a potential buyer from thinking about pure dollars, cents, pennies and pounds into thinking about this bigger picture the intangibles that they're going to get from the results you'll help deliver from the needs you'll help satisfy from the problems you'll help solve then that changes the game in terms of their decision making about whether to join your membership so this is really about nailing your value proposition and making sure that you're effectively demonstrating what your membership actually solves for people beyond just the surface level and certainly beyond marketing yourself purely on price. You don't want to find yourself marketing on price. If people are telling you it's too expensive, the answer isn't to put your pricing down. It's to perfect and refine your value proposition. And a lot of that comes to your sales page design, it comes to your copywriting, it comes down to not just focusing on features, but also focusing on end results, focusing on that intangible stuff that people are going to value even more greatly than just lots of content or a forum that they can post in. Another way to address the too expensive objection is to give people multiple payment options. So it may just be that you're selling your membership with only an annual, a yearly membership option, in which case add a monthly option into the mix. Now, we always encourage people, unless you have a very good reason not to, to have a monthly and an annual option for your membership because what happens when you put those two options side by side is you get this strange little subconscious influencing going on because some people will look at the monthly price which may be $50 and then they'll look at the annual price which is a bigger number so they'll see 50 then they'll see 500 and suddenly that 500 makes the 50 seem a lot smaller it sounds silly but that's what actually happens for some people and 
The opposite can quite often be true. Usually if you're offering an annual price, it will be cheaper than the sum total of paying 12 months. And so people who like to do the maths and figure out whether they're getting the best deal, they'll see that it costs $500 for a year or $50 a month, which would be $600. So the $500 is more appealing because it's a saving of $100. So having those two price points anchored against each other can again change the thought process when people are actually looking at your pricing. And especially if you previously only been offering an annual plan, then that monthly option makes your membership a lot more affordable. Another way of changing the conversation when it comes to price is to show some sort of comparison to other things your customer may be paying for in the world. You know, the idea of paying $50 a month for a membership might seem too much, but when you point out to people that that's the cost of one cheap meal for two, every month that's the cost of maybe a night at the bar are you not willing to sacrifice a night at the bar in order to get whatever result putting things in context and taking people out of judging that price purely based on what they're reading on a page that again can change how they think about the cost and the price of your membership it's also worth highlighting the costs of not joining People who don't join our membership are less likely to achieve X. It takes them longer to get results. You could figure this out yourself, but it's going to take you a lot longer. Maybe it's going to cost you more in the long run. Also think about highlighting the costs of alternatives. So if you have an educational membership, let's say it's in the music sector, because this is an area in which there are a lot of other alternatives to joining a membership, then the alternatives would be hiring a private tutor and paying them X amount per hour. That'll add up most likely to a lot more than your membership will. Maybe an alternative is attending a college course that could be costing hundreds or even thousands of dollars to get the same result. Maybe it's paying someone to do a task for you that you could just learn how to do yourself and save you a lot of money. So you need to provide a little more context to alternatives, to other things they're paying for in order to change that conversation that's going on in their head when they're assessing whether or not your membership is a worthwhile investment and whether there's actually value in there. So first objection, your membership being too expensive, really demonstrate that value and give them some context and consider bringing in another payment schedule, monthly or annual, to give people a little more think about and change the way in which they think about pricing. The second objection we see coming up is people who simply do not like recurring subscriptions. Some people don't like the idea of being signed up to an ongoing payment that, if they don't do anything, will just tick away in the background. It's no wonder we've all done this. We've joined a gym at some point and then we haven't gone and months go by and this money just keeps leaving our bank account and we have to take action to cancel. And usually when you do that, there's a three-month cancellation period or there's some sort of penalty or something like that. People sometimes, depending on past experiences, just do not like recurring subscriptions. So the key to overcoming this is really highlighting how easy and how effortless and hassle-free it is for them to cancel should they decide they no longer want to be in your membership. So first and foremost, tell people that they can cancel the subscription themselves if they ever decide they want to leave. Maybe, and this is something we've done with clients before, you could even record a little GIF animation 
and its GIF. I refuse to pronounce it GIF. A GIF animation or even a little embedded video that actually is a screencast of you showing how quick and easy it is from within your membership to cancel a subscription. On one sales page from a past client, we actually explicitly said, cancel in just two clicks, it'll take you less than 15 seconds. That way, they know that they're in control, that there's no tie-in, and that they don't need to jump through hoops if they want to cancel. They don't even necessarily need to even ask you to affect that cancellation, which is what often happens with other subscription-based businesses, and that's usually the part that puts people off. Anybody who's tried to cancel a cell phone contract will know what I'm talking about. Demonstrating that those hassles don't exist with your membership will go a long way to overcoming objections from people who simply have been put off any sort of subscription type agreements. Of course, you need to make sure that if you're saying that and you're telling people it's easy to cancel, that that's actually true. And we talked on past episodes about why you don't want to make the process of cancellation difficult. So if you're telling people they can cancel themselves, don't then pull the rug out from under them and actually make it a convoluted, complicated process. Make it easy for people to cancel and ensure people know that it's easy on your sales page or during your checkout. You might also consider a non-recurring approach. Now, that may seem counterintuitive with memberships, but if you know that your audience are particularly negative about recurring subscriptions, and don't assume that they are, I would only make that conclusion if you actually have hard data to base it on, but consider a non-recurring membership option. Now, I would only do this for longer periods, so I would only do this for annual memberships, and obviously you want to make sure you have something in place that prompts people to manually renew their membership at the end of their period, which usually means your renewal rate will probably be lower than if it automatically renewed, but your sales will probably be a little higher as well if you are in a market that is particularly suspicious of or wary of subscriptions. So that's the second major objection. People who don't like recurring subscriptions, highlight how easy it is to cancel, highlight that they're in control, or If you know that it's just going to be a no-go getting people to sign up for recurring, consider a non-recurring option, but only for longer membership periods. Objection three is people thinking or not necessarily knowing whether your membership offers enough value or if you can deliver on the promises you're making on your sales page and in your marketing. So this is where providing proof that you can deliver that the features you say you have are as good as you say they are, that the results you say you can get people are actually results that you are getting for members right now. So social proof is your strongest weapon against this objection. You want to be getting testimonials, ideally video testimonials. Case studies would be even better where people are not only painting a picture of what things were like before they joined your membership, but they're talking about where they are now and how specifically they've used aspects of your membership to get there. That sort of stuff is gold. Now, of course, if you're sharing testimonials or case studies and you're sharing results, they need to be authentic. Don't make this stuff up. This is why having video testimonials is more effective because people tend to be less suspicious of those. Because if they are just written testimonials, anyone can write anything and put a name to it. 
if you can provide an image, so if you can't get videos, try and provide an image, try and provide a business name or a link to a website. So there's that little bit more validity to it. And someone who's maybe skeptical can do a little bit of research themselves. Maybe they even reach out to that person personally uh, to verify that they did say the things that you're putting on your sales page they said. Providing valid social proof is a big, big, big weapon in your arsenal for demonstrating that you do actually deliver on your promises and that your membership is everything you're making it out to be. Also, this is where things like offering a trial or a money-back guarantee are useful because you're essentially saying to people, listen, you can take this thing for a test drive. You can see that the things that I'm listing on my sales page as being included in the membership are actually there. You can see that when I say we have an active community where you have access to me, that actually it's not a ghost town and that I am not just disappearing for months on end. So you give people a risk-free way of taking your site for a test drive and validating that it's everything you say it is before any money is taken. If you don't want to offer a trial, sometimes they're just not effective in certain markets, then a money-back guarantee at the very least is a very valid form of risk reversal. I would generally go for 30 days on this. Again, if you have a more skeptical market, you might stretch this to 60 days as well, but really emphasize this money-back guarantee and emphasize that it's no quibble, no hassle. They don't have to pass some sort of assessment to prove that they've applied a certain percentage of what's in your membership Make it zero hassle. You don't want people sticking around. The less conditional your money-back guarantee is, the more someone will actually value it as a valid form of risk reversal that will help them feel more secure in their buying decision. Another way of alleviating any concern about whether you are actually going to deliver on what you're promising on a sales page is to show people inside the membership. Not just screenshots and pretty Photoshop pictures, but show them a video. We always find that a great behind the scenes video tour can work so well as a marketing asset. We even know memberships who have done very well in giving personal tours. So they allow people to book a one-on-one tour of a membership delivered in real time by a real person on your team or even by yourself, 10 to 15 minutes get them onto a Zoom call or a screen share, and they can ask questions then too. That, it's obviously not as scalable as just having a pre-recorded tour, but again, if you have an audience where there is a particular degree of worry or suspicion, maybe it's a market that either aren't accustomed to memberships or it's a market where there's a lot of undesirable elements putting out rip-off products, then it might be worth doing that to give that little bit of additional risk reversal and help overcome that objection. The next objection or concern you may see people having is not being sure whether it's safe to give you their credit card information. Now, it's little wonder when we're constantly seeing more and more massive scale data breaches that people are getting a little more wary a little more security conscious, a little more suspicious about who they're giving their data to. And especially if you're not one of the big name brands, if someone's just come across you cold, they haven't had a relationship built up with you through your content marketing or being on your list or anything like that, then they may not know for sure how legit you are. And that might be a factor in them feeling safe and secure in 
inputting their credit card information onto your website. Now, obviously, some of the things we talked about before that help you to demonstrate that you are for real, giving behind the scenes, using social proof, all that sort of stuff, that goes a long way. But specifically when it comes to inputting credit card info, even if someone feels that you are a legit person, a legit company, then sometimes they just don't trust the technology. So this is where, first and foremost, you want to make sure if you're taking any credit card details, you have to have a valid SSL certificate. This validates and ensures that the information someone puts into your credit card form, your payment form, is secured, it's encrypted, and that it's not susceptible to being intercepted. Now, if you have your website set up to use an SSL certificate and to use HTTPS, which is the secure protocol for websites, then that will give your website that little green padlock that you see on payment pages and login pages and on most websites now as more and more sites become fully secure. That little padlock, again, can provide a little bit of reassurance. But more importantly, browsers these days, led by the likes of Google Chrome, they are showing people warnings when they are on payment pages that aren't secure. And those warnings are going to become bigger and they're going to become more prominent and more obnoxious because they don't want people putting their credit card deals into a form that could be intercepted. So make sure you're using a valid SSL certificate so you get that green padlock and you avoid any panic-inducing warnings when somebody goes to sign up for your membership. A lot of the SSL companies, the companies that issue these certificates and handle that, they'll also give you a little badge that demonstrates or can be used to verify that you are running a secure website, secure page. So having that prominently displayed in your checkout, again, that can go a long way to making people feel more safe and more confident in giving you their credit card info. This is also where offering an alternative payment option like PayPal can be very useful because people may not know you, but they'll probably know PayPal and they'll trust PayPal. And if they click through and choose to pay by PayPal, that then takes them to PayPal's website, in most cases, depending on your integration, and they'll feel confident and secure in doing their business through the PayPal website because they've probably done it a lot of times before. So that may be an option if anyone's feeling a little wary, a little worried. And anyone who's used PayPal for a while will also typically know that if they do have problems with a person they bought from or a site they sign up for, that it can be easier to retrieve the money via PayPal than if they pay via credit card. So again, that can just give a little more peace of mind. The final objection that we see commonly come up is simply someone not being sure whether it's the right timing for them to join your membership or whether your membership is actually the right fit for them. You know, it's impossible to tailor your sales page to every conceivable circumstance. And so as clear as you might think you've made what your membership offers, what it does, you'll likely find that there will be people who are still left with questions as to whether your membership is right for them. So a great section that we recommend people have on their sales page is a who is this for section where you explicitly lay out a description of who your membership would be great for and more importantly who your membership might not be for. So if you have a pretty clear understanding of who your ideal member would be, then this is where that comes in. It's also where you can help pre-frame the type of people you don't want. So if you know that you don't want people to join your membership who are expecting 
instant results or who aren't willing to self-study or who want you to do the work for them. People are usually too scared of putting anything out there that might turn away members, but you don't actually want to attract people who aren't the right fit. If you have a membership that teaches someone a process themselves, you don't want people joining with the expectation that you're going to do the work for them. If you have a membership that's very much aimed at beginners, it serves you to tell people on the sales page, this membership is not for you if you are an advanced level in whatever. So having an actual section on your sales page dedicated to highlighting specifically who this membership is for in terms of where they are in their journey, what their expectations are and so on, but more importantly, who it's not for, that can go a long way to overcoming this objection. It's also worth adding some form of live chat or at the very least, a prominent little button that you can anchor to the bottom right-hand side of your sales page, for example, where people can click to ask questions beforehand. You know, if someone still has two or three lingering questions, not just as to whether this is the right time for them to join or whether your membership is the right fit, but any questions whatsoever, you want to encourage them to ask those questions first. Because sometimes there may just be something that wasn't particularly clear or they've misunderstood or misconstrued something. And in those cases, just being able to ask you about it and clarify something might be all it takes to convince someone to join. But if someone's left with any sort of lingering doubt, that could be enough to stand in the way of them actually signing up for your membership there and then. So consider using a live chat tool like livechat.com, talk.io. Like consider one of those kind of things to enable people to send in questions to you or ask you questions live or just have a link into a contact form and encourage people to get in touch if they're having any questions or they're not sure whether the membership is right for them. This is also an area where the risk reversal strategies we talked about, like offering a trial, offering money back guarantees, showing people inside the membership, that can also be very useful here as well because the clearer a picture somebody has of what your membership actually is in real terms, hands-on, not just your marketing spiel, the more chance it is that they'll be able to make an informed decision as to whether your membership's right for them. And by providing things like trials and money-back guarantees, you're removing the risk on their part of them joining and then finding out it's the wrong time or it just isn't the right fit. If they know they can get their money back or they've been able to have a week or two inside your membership as a trial, then it makes that decision to join and to give you a shot a lot easier. So those are the five most common objections people typically have to joining memberships. Your membership being too expensive, being a little uncomfortable giving you credit card information, or just simply not being sure whether your membership is the right fit for them right now. And hopefully the tips I've given you in this episode will help you to preempt those objections and increase your number of new member signups. That's it from me for this week. I really do hope you enjoyed this episode and found it useful. As always, let me know if you have inside our Facebook group, talkmemberships.com. Type that in. That'll take you to our Facebook group or just search for Membership Mastermind on Facebook and you'll find our group there. Let me know inside the group if you have any other questions on the back of today's episode and I will be happy to answer them. Or just let me know you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, get yourself into iTunes, Stitcher, whatever it is you listen to the show on. Hit that five stars, leave a nice review and let me know what you enjoy most about the Membership Guys podcast. 
Thank you so much for spending some of your day with me. Hopefully you found this useful. I'll be back again next week with another installment of the Membership Guys podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Membership Guys podcast, we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com. The Member Site Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.